Welcome, everyone. We're here uh, for another episode of Garner Station Podcast, the Town of Garner's podcast. My name's Rick Mercer. We're here uh, in full bloom coffee and craft on Main Street in historic downtown Garner, and we have with us today Joe Giglio, uh, journalist. Did I say that correctly? <laughs> yeah, you got my last name right. <laughs> uh, you passed the first lo- test. <laughs> long, long time sports journalist with the NNO. You'll, you'll uh, recognize his byline if you follow NC State sports and I guess other sports over the years, and, um, and we're happy to have him with us. He happens to be a Garner resident. And uh, act, you know, involved in the community. His family uh, is here and involved in the community. And we're going to talk a bit about Garner and courts, uh, sports and sports journalism and the state of sports journalism. So um, let, let's get started. Um, Joe, how long have you been doing sports journalism? So when I got to NC State, I, I played sports my whole life. Uh-huh. And you know, all through high school, you get to college, you're at NC State. Like, I wasn't that good. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I had nothing. I didn't have anything to play anymore. So I figured I should write about it. And I started at the, the school paper there, Technician. And um, it's really just been a, pro- a process since then. So that was 94. Yeah. So I've been following NC State sports or writing about them since 94. Wow. And then I started at the NNO in 95 as a, a part-time agate clerk. Agate is the small type. Tell us what, what that is. Yeah. That people, people listening aren't going to know that. No. Maybe. Agate is small type. Yep. Okay. So it was the box scores. Box scores. Yep. Standings, that type yep. of stuff. And yeah. you, we used to run all that. We don't run any yeah. of that anymore. Yeah. So somebody had to put the Major League Baseball box scores, the NBA summaries, NFL. Yeah. Back then we did ACC stats by hand. Mm-hmm. Um, the other stuff was off the AP wire. But yeah. the ACC stuff... You had to put in by hand. The high school stuff, you had to answer the phone, put it in, you know. So uh, really as low of a position as you can have at a newspaper, maybe other than delivering it. But um, that's how I started in December of 95. So 20, okay. 24 years. Am I yeah. getting my math right? That is, yeah. yeah, yeah. Right here. Coming, this, coming this, up on it, yeah. Yeah, this yeah. next month will be 24 years. 2020. Um, who were the um, – like who were the the sports the the reporters the journalists the editors there at the time who uh, who you know who you worked with are, are there are, there's probably some names folks yeah. recognize well Colton Tudor yeah. was the uh, sports columnist for the NNO Raleigh Times first NNO forever yeah. and it was an institution in uh, North Carolina sports journalism it was in the North Carolina Sports Hall of Fame for that reason uh, and he was my mentor and um, he he passed away two years ago and. Uh, I, I couldn't have asked for someone to learn better, you know, uh, just the whole process, not so much about writing, but kind of understanding because he had a very unique way of writing, but it was more of how to cover teams, how to treat people who you're covering and, yeah. um, you know, don't write anything you couldn't say to somebody was one of his rules for me too. So, and, and, and to understand, um, you're not going to please all the people all the time. Uh, but if you're honest and you treat everyone the same way, then people will, you know, kind of come to respect that and understand where you come from. So um, he was the best. Um, AJ Carr was a writer there forever. Uh, AJ's working with the Hall of Fame now, actually. It, I'm, AJ's easily the nicest person in the world. <laughs> like not even, him and Tim Stevens, another, yeah, another Garner another guy, Tim, guy, yeah. um, are really, really nice guys. And Tim, uh, man, uh, tireless worker on high school sports for 
almost as long, or if not longer than Tudor. Um, it, again, we just had so many people like that. Tim, AJ, Chip Alexander, um, Bill Woodward, another guy who lives here in Garner. We got a lot of Garner oh, connections at the NNO. Um, when I first got there, yeah, it, it, it's it's so much different now. It's so different. There, uh-huh. it, I'm probably one of the oldest people at the paper now yeah. at 45. Yeah. Whereas back then you had a whole nother layer of institutional knowledge. Um, it, it's just amazing kind of how the whole dynamic has changed. Yeah. Yeah. So how did you get, how did you jump from, you know, put it, putting agate on the page to getting to write? What was your, what was your start? So Tim let me cover some high school games. Um, I did some football, did some basketball, did some track. Um, but mostly at that time we had, our staff was much bigger, but it was also, Hey, we need someone to go write about, um, not the hockey game, but the, the wives or the, uh, the people at the airport, you know, <laughs> when the team would come home. And it, it was like, well, who could we get to do that? And I, I'll do it, you know. Uh, soccer, um, this area has some great soccer, but yeah. you're not going to dedicate one person. So I wrote a lot about soccer when I was younger. Um, I did do a lot about hockey when I was younger. Um, you name it. It was like, hey, women's basketball. Like, what? Yeah. Don't, what don't we have a specific person to do? And it was, will you do this? And my answer, of course, was always, yeah. I mean, um, whatever my opportunity was, because I'm not a, I'm not a good writer. I, I'm, I'm more of a, um, I understand sports, mm-hmm. and I, I'm pretty good with numbers. Yeah. So I have those two things going for me. But I'm not, um, you know, Tudor was an unbelievable writer. Luke Decock, who's my colleague now, is, is an incredible incredibly gifted writer. Um, that's not me. I, I'm more of a, I, I could tell a story, yeah. you know? <laughs> well, you may be selling yourself short. I think I, I enjoy all, everything I read. I oh, appreciate you. Yours. Um, so um, you've been covering NC State sports specifically for about how long? So in 2000 is when I became a full-time writer. Mm-hmm. And that was Pretty much every, you name it, I had to do it, and I did it. (laughs) And then in 2004, um, I came up with the concept of our, which I don't want to sound like Al Gore, but I came up with the concept of, hey, we should have a blog. We should have a specific online presence that is about the ACC, not just, you know, what we're going to put in print. Um, So I was slightly ahead of my time on that. And that, so for a year, for actually two years, I did just general ACC. I went to NCAA tournament with North Carolina, ACC tournament, NC State, uh, did some Duke games. You know, it was a little bit of everything. Mm-hmm. Football, as same. And then the market crashed and the paper yeah. kind of crashed and, and everybody kind of had to get in and do something specific. And I actually started covering NC State basketball in 08 specifically. And I covered Carolina football in 9 and 10. And then 11 is when I started covering both yeah. state football, basketball. Yeah. So it's kind of been – I always say I've been covering the ACC since 04. Yeah. Um, so you've mentioned now a couple times how much the industry, the newspaper yeah. industry has changed. And I'm sure the newsroom looks and feels a lot different, maybe starting with the fact that there are fewer people, right? <laughs> yeah. Um, Kind of how, how has that change impacted you? You talked about 
being forced kind of to not forced, but yeah. I, I guess in the end, getting yeah. the opportunity to cover, cover NC state, uh, more regularly. Um, can you talk about some of the other changes? And sure. Talk about challenges and stuff. Too. Yeah. So there's two major ones, right there. We were downtown at uh, 215 South McDowell for as long as anyone can remember. And that the printing press was there. The newsroom was there. Now the printing press is actually in Garner. It moved out here. Out in Greenfield? Yes. Yeah. yeah, over by the old Slim Jims there. Yeah. So they moved to, maybe even three years ago now, they moved the printing press out of the building, maybe even four years ago. Then we moved out of that space because when I started at the NNO in 95, there were 230 people in the newsroom. In the newsroom. In the newsroom. Yeah. So that was editors, writers, the people who put the, the production staff. Yeah. Then there was another 200 people in the, on the like print, the print side. Print. Yeah, the actual oh, printing press. Press, press, press area. Press press yeah. yeah. Okay. And plus your advertising. Yeah. Or, yeah. That, was, that was in addition. Yeah, in addition. You know, yeah. but so right. now so. we have, so we went from 230 in the newsroom to now we were at 52 last year. Yeah. And what had happened, my wife's going to yell at me because I never remember which year. I think it was 12. Um, they laid off our entire production, nighttime production, yeah. and which she was a part of. And now she's one of two people they've rehired to come back to the newsroom. That was in, uh, Tim Stevens yeah. um, had had brought her back initially as a part time. So you went from this, you know, pretty large news gathering organization that yeah. was solely specific for print. Even though I started in '95, even though we had a website, you didn't think in terms of what were we going to put on the website. It really yeah. wasn't. Humbly, my initiative in 2004 was one of the first times, even at our paper, that we were like, well, what should we do digital first? Like, what can yeah. we do? That's yeah. not specific to, well, you have to fill this 12-inch mm -hmm. hole in the paper. You have right. to write 650 words, you know. Yeah. Um, so now it's completely flipped, right? Yeah. You have fewer people. And the print product, uh, we're actually going to stop printing on Saturdays. Yeah. We're going to go down to six days a week, which is probably not a terrible idea. Yeah. Um, it, it should help. Um, but, you know, this con and our deadlines now. So when I started and worked at night, we had all the stuff, the box scores, the stats. Yeah. You had a staff of four or five people at night who, who were yeah. agate clerks. Yeah. Then you had a whole desk, the edit, copy edit desk. That doesn't mm -hmm. exist anymore. Yeah. Um, and you, our deadline was 2.30 in the morning. Okay. Uh -huh. Now there's days where I have to file by five thirty uh -huh. p.m. And that, that, so that and that's for web or is that no. or is that to get in the print? That's to get day. in the print. Yeah, okay. web is just at the buzzer now. Yeah, I was gonna say yeah, like whenever it's done, there are yeah. no deadlines. So. No, it's it's a very kind of freeing and different, but it's also you know it used to be oh it's a noon game oh you get a, you know two three hours after. Yeah, and you could file. And you're, you're on your way. Now it's no. Everything is right at the buzzer. You know, you go back and, and, and clean it up and add something yeah. to it. But yeah, uh, no, it's uh, that part of it is really a different mindset. And one as a industry, I feel like we relate to embrace. Mm -hmm. But in the last, I'd say two years, um, McClatchy's done a really much better job of understanding the digital process. Yeah. Um, and kind of understanding how people consume information now, how yeah. they consume content, as we like to call it. 
So, uh, so what, you know, how, how can sports, you know, it is a new world and, and you can talk about what newspapers did right and wrong and sort of that, the early two, wrong. 2000s, <laughs> and, you know, kind of giving it away and then realize, oh yeah, maybe we shouldn't have given everything away online. Uh, but after you've done it, then you can't yep. really, you, you can't, can't put really. the toothpaste back yeah, in the yeah, tube. Yeah. Um, so, you know, what, you know, what's the way forward, do you think, for, for news gathering organizations like that? I know that are so essential. Mm -hmm. I mean, we need them. <laughs> we need them. Maybe not in the same print format or right. seven days a week, like you say, but, we, you know, certainly we need them. How does, how does sports journalism fit in? How, how can you kind of help yeah. news gathering organizations transition to the next phase? I often think about this because I'll have an existential crisis about, well, what do you do with your life, right? You're going to cover this Tuesday night game at 9 o'clock, and who really cares, right? But if you think about it, what, what if we didn't have sports? Like, what if we didn't have this diversion? It's the same as entertainment. Like, uh, I loved uh, Game of Thrones. And yeah. you have this show that you look forward to that doesn't involve your work, right? And I think that's what sports is um, as, as an adult. And then we'll talk more about um, sports here and community sports in Garner, but yeah. I feel like as a person who grew up playing sports, when you are younger and as a participant, you learn, okay, well, you're not the star. Maybe you are, but most of the time you're not. Yeah. But your, your team's success, your business's success is dependent upon, okay, I need you to set the screen. But we don't win if you don't set the screen. Right. You're not right? going to make the game-winning shot. You're not but... going to make the shot, but I need you. But I also need you to understand your role. Yeah. And I think that's what youth sports is essential for. And I think when it becomes an entertainment product, I also think it's essential in terms of, man, I, I don't want to think about the, uh, the TPS report due tomorrow yeah. in the office. I don't want to think about, you know, filing my taxes or doing my other, you know, I want to think about, is State going to win? Is mm -hmm. Carolina going to win? Is Mike Krzyzewski going to have black hair forever? You know, like, <laughs> whatever you want to think about. You know, it's a great yeah. diversion, particularly in our neck of the woods. That yeah. there's a, they're In Kentucky, they try to act like they have something better than the triangle, but they don't. Like, there's not three schools like this. There's not a history like this. Um, yeah, it is unique. It's yeah, completely anywhere. and totally um, geographically, historically, and and to me, that's what makes this area great for sports, and that's what makes gives me purpose anyway. At least that's what I tell myself when I'm trying to fall asleep, right? Like, yeah, yeah. what do I do with my life? Does it really matter? Um, that's more of the holistic view of it. I think we have to understand as an industry that people consume. This is how we consume stuff. Yeah, now, right. Sure. So if I give it to you here. I got to make it as easy as possible for you to get it here. Twitter has has come a long way in helping us mm -hmm. do that. Um, I think email is another way that we should do better about. Like reading the newspaper is a habit. You woke up for people of a certain age, right, maybe over not so 45. much. Yeah. So, so I'm forty. Yeah. I'm turned forty-five in, in twenty twenty. So you had the habit and. What I think we have to realize is, well, what's our new, what are our new habits? Yeah. And I think email, one of the first things I do when I wake up, and I'm, I don't think I'm unique, is I check my email. Yeah. So it, I always say to people at the paper, is there a way to, if, you, if I know, Rick, that you, you're paying me for my story, why can't I just email it to you and yeah. say, here it is. I'm making this as easy as possible for you. And we've done some different things with newsletters that you'll see. 
Um, but, you know, you mentioned it. When you give away content, and now people are used to content being for free, yeah. you have to put a premium on, on your analysis, on your insight, and incentivize people to say, well, what did Joe say? What did, what did he care about? Yeah. And that's what I've tried my whole career to do is find a different way to tell the same story that everybody might be there to write, but you have to find a different way to do it. And um, that's always been one of my biggest challenges. Yeah. It, but today, uh, there's so much more that's put on y'all. You're not just writing your stories, filing no. for print. You've got you've to tweet. You've gotta, yeah. uh, you've, you're doing at least a, week, a weekly video-type video mm -hmm. mm -hmm. product. So you're assumed to be these days a, a multimedia yeah. person. It's definitely different. And now when you write, it used to be we had a copy desk. You yeah. wrote, somebody wrote the headline for you. Somebody, yeah. somebody cleaned it up for you. <laughs> uh, you know, now it's a little bit like the wild, wild west. You're putting stuff up and then um, you're hoping that you're on your own game there. But it, I always say to people, uh, and well, this is the interesting part, and, and I've dealt with so many different personalities yeah. at NC State through the years. At Debbie Yao, was their AD for um, nine years. And Debbie was one of these people who read the headline or read the cut line of a picture or um, the summary graph that would like be the first thing. And I would always tell her, I didn't write the headline. I didn't write the right. cut line. I didn't write the summary graph. If you have a problem with anything, those other 700 words, <laughs> talk to me. But just call me and say, hey. Yeah. But it was always an initial reaction to the headline. And I'm just going, yeah. And now, though, I am writing the headlines, and I, it's such a challenge because you pour so much into what you write. Yep. And that's always going to be Summarize my process. in eight words. Then you're like, oh, now I have to do this other kind of throwaway line where you're like. Except it's not. It's because, not. Because that's the one somebody. <laughs> and you realize. Yeah, yes. And all so, these years, the headline, the copy editors, um, the headline writers did, they did a very oh, a valuable service. They saved me so many, so many times. It's ridiculous. So yeah. um, that was a really big challenge now because I can write. I can write in 10 minutes. Yeah. But it'll take me three times that to sit there and wrestle with the summary yeah. and the headline and, oh, you know, uh, search engine op yeah. optimization and. Oh my gosh, that part, mm -hmm. that's for the birds. What about, um, you know, is there a way for, for maybe sports journalism to, to look more at the intersections between sports and society, sports and politics, sports and culture? Um, do y'all look to do that at, at the NNO? We and try. I think at, you want compelling stories, right? I think the part of my original premise is you kind of want this escape yeah. from yeah. politics in particular now in this particular environment. Yeah. Um, I think good stories are good stories. And it, it, I think you have to work to find them sometimes. Mm -hmm. um, and anytime, I feel like anytime you can, I wish I was better at those type of stories. Yeah. You know, like what like you say, culturally or, or more of a bigger picture. Mm -hmm. Like I'm really good at... Um, what does it mean to NC State? What is it? What is this particular game? I'm my context is my strength. Yeah. But, and I can probably find a pretty good human interest story too, a good human story. But yeah, I, no, I, I think. What we've learned digitally in the last two years is people now are more interested in the build-up, the run-up to the uh -huh. game. They'll read twenty stories about the run-up to the game. 
But the game itself, they want to consume on their terms. Okay. So the game story is not so important no, anymore. It's, every, it's, it's not. A, it's the advanced stuff, and maybe it's post-game analysis. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. So that's a strange dynamic to try to, for yeah. me at 45, to put my head around, whereas maybe yeah. a kid coming up now could be like, oh, well, yeah, you're right. I don't care. I don't necessarily want to follow you on Twitter for the play-by-play. Or, right. But if something happens where I need to, again, put it in context – I'll come check it out Monday, yep. you know, whatever day you got it. But during the game, that's that's a big shift for us because online traffic is maximized on Mondays. Yeah. Like right now is when people are like, hey, I'm okay. going to catch up with, you know, yeah. what's been going on. And um, Fridays are not great. Saturdays are not great. Yeah. Sundays are better because there's yeah. still a little bit of that. Uh-huh. Again, you're getting the habit. I'm going to go. Check out my computer and go check out the website and I'll see what's yeah. going on. But the way we consume content now is just so completely different yeah. than what it was even five years ago, I'd say. Yeah, yeah. Um, I did want to come I did want to touch on college college sports and the state of especially the revenue producing sports, because you know, that's that's something in the news and, and you um, you know, you cover it daily. It's it's part of your life. You know, I'm I'm I love I love college basketball especially, and so I love being here in this part of the country. But you know, at times it feels a little icky, mm-hmm. right? I mean, certainly we know that State Carolina have had some issues, and 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 even Duke. You know, the way sure. they they more or less rent players for yeah. four or five months, and then they they go on to the NBA seems a little. Eh. Um, do you have any thoughts about you know what what, what we should do, especially about those revenue? Sure. Know, Football and men's basketball. So to me, you say icky. Yeah. And that's um, an institutional thought, right? Uh Because you're thinking, well, this is what I think of as amateur basketball. Right. And that's fine. I'm I'm not judging you for judging. Yeah. Right? But if you think about it, what's so icky about it, right? Like, not the one and done premise. But if you had a skill at 16 – and an agent or a sneaker company says to you, what do you do in real life, Rick? What's your job? Are you you're a communications specialist? Sure, yeah. If somebody at 16 said to you, Rick, I think you're a great talker. I think you send a great message. I'm going to pay you $10,000 right now at 16 because I believe when you're 40, 35, 40, 45, you're going to work for me and you're going to make me a lot of money. Yeah. You'd be like... Yeah, no duh. And if yep. you and if they were like, oh, and by the way, we want you to wear a pullover with our logo on it. Mm-hmm. And here's another right. twenty thousand dollars. You'd why, be like, why not? I'm in. In every other a- segment of our capitalist society, that's okay. Correct. Right. And so, to me, I am not pro. I don't want NC State to pay you to play basketball. I don't want to see that. But if Adidas says to you, hey, here, here's uh, Dennis Smith, here's 40 grand, I don't see the problem with yeah. that. Yeah. Even if you got to NC State and um, Full Bloom was like, wow, you know, it would be great if we could get uh, Markel Johnson here every week or Jerome Robinson, kid from Garner, played for Boston College. Mm-hmm. What if we can get Jerome here once a week and we paid him 500 bucks a week to yeah. be. Hey, every, come meet Jerome. Come have coffee with Jerome. Come talk basketball with Jerome. I don't 
I don't see a problem with yeah. that. That's where we are, name, image, and likeness. That's what, when you hear those three words, that's what that means. That you should be able to cash in on your own name, image, and likeness. Yeah. And to me, you can't say you can't do something because of what problems it will cause. No matter what you do will have unintended consequences. Yeah. So you can't eliminate an avenue, particularly with the revenue where it is now. Not millions, billions. Yeah. With a oh, B. Yeah. Oh, yeah. With a B. So I don't necessarily see it as icky. I see it as a repression. I also, you know, you, you have to be honest, too. The, the majority of the athletes are black. Yeah. The majority of the people making money off of them institutionally yeah. are white. Yes, and um, the icky part. I mean, uh, maybe I that's didn't explain the icky myself. Part, true. Yeah, I think it's. <laughs> and I'm I think not picking on you. No, no, I think it's, <laughs> and that's part I didn't like. Uh, yeah, um, the the exploitative aspect of yeah. it, and clearly there is a. I mean, you have to acknowledge it. There is a racial overlay yeah. there. Yeah. That the athletes and in, in, who are succeeding in these revenue-producing sports are now overwhelmingly or majority African American coaches, administrators yeah. at the universities, the at the at the NCAA, money. all yeah. the. All, who run the media companies and everything mm-hmm. overwhelmingly. So Absolutely. White, so white it's, um, I wish they would, I'm mm-hmm. hopeful this latest legislation will allow some of those athletes an Where's avenue. Where's that going? What's this? What, can, well, the NCAA said they're going to try to come up with a name, image, and likeness legislation yeah. by 20, 2021. Okay. So we'll see what they kind of come up with. Their hand was obviously forced by the state of California. Yeah. And they were also basically told there's, you know, 15 other states ready to, to do something very similar to what the state of California said, which was you are allowed, like, uh, for example, right now, LeBron James's son is a, a pretty highly thought of um, high school basketball player. Well, you know, Nike wants to give him $10,000. Why not? Mm-hmm. You know, Zion Williamson to me is more of a great example of that. Um, we talked about social media and, and, yeah. and how it resonates with yeah. young kids. He had a brand before he even he had, stepped on campus. He had two million Instagram followers <laughs> before he got here. So yeah. why couldn't Verizon, you know, things kids care about, crazy old Joe telling you yeah. what kids care about, but they care about their phone, you know. So, like, right. why couldn't Verizon say, um, Zion, we want to give you $50,000 to put something on your Instagram account about using Verizon phone? I don't, yeah. I don't see a problem with that, yeah. you know, particularly when you have that built-in brand like he had. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I, I, I would – I mean, that sounds great to me. And, I mean, great. It sounds like a solution to me that yeah. would be fair to the, to the athletes because, like you say, there's a lot of money. Everybody's making it except the, the, the young men, and it's the young men if you're talking revenue sports. Yeah. Uh, they and their families are not seeing any of this cash. And there's a, unless and until they turn pro. Right. And there, there are non-revenue sports, like Katie Ledecky is yeah. a great example out in Stanford before, while she was still in school. Um, you know, she could have sold Speedos. She could have sold yeah. whatever. I mean, whatever opportunities are there for uh, Olympic yeah. gold medalists. Yeah. Which is, that's the path, right? Like, yeah. when I, we were growing up, uh, the Olympics were amateur. Mm-hmm. And now, it's, they're still amateur, but yeah, um, you know... Uh, swimmer, Michael Phelps, yeah. you've won all these gold medals. Yeah, you can go sign an Under Armour deal. Yeah, you can go be an endorser and make money on the free market as your brand would allow. So hopefully that's where we're seeing the business go. And, and the part of it that people lose is it's still a free market. 
Like, so people are like, oh, you know, every recruit's going to get a million dollars. And I'm like, that's not how the free market works. (laughs) Like, you can think that, but that's not what's going to happen. Like, there's such a thing as return on investment. So, you know, maybe you think Zion's worth whatever. Yeah. And and but, that's fine. But, but Jordan Goldwire, maybe not yeah, so much. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So I, I'm interested to see how it, it um turns out. And I think one concern from big time athletics is well it's gonna create a haves and a have not. Well we already have that, just so you know. But if you're ECU, for example, and you're allowed to pay somebody or you're allowed to have an endorsement. Like if Sup Dogs was like, hey, I really want to give 20000 to the quarterback. Wouldn't you rather get be the number one guy at ECU than the number yeah. 30 guy at Alabama? Yeah. There's going to be a market for that. And again, the market's going to dictate it. It's not going to be, here, you take this, you take this. Yeah. You take, it, that's not how the world works. Yeah. At least it hasn't until this point. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's turn to Garner um, and talk about uh, – you know, Garner has historically been known as kind of a ball town, sports town. Mm-hmm. And um, you have you have a couple of sons. I do. Is that right? They, are they, they're, they're involved in sports? They have been, yeah. My son, my oldest son, James, is 14. He's a freshman at Garner. Yeah. Big Garner. Uh-huh. <laughs> traditional Garner. Um, starting his freshman year this year has been really interesting for him. Uh-huh. Um, because uh, we, my wife and I both work downtown at, at the paper. So yeah. they have been in the magnet system and they've gone to Washington Elementary and then Moore Square Middle okay. School. So this is his first year in Garner. And I think he's really enjoyed you're finally going to school with the kids in your neighborhood and kids okay. you've been playing basketball against, you know, for the last seven, eight, nine years. Yeah. So he's really kind of embraced that. And then I have a, a sixth grader, Jackson, who is. He's actually down at Carnage, right down Garner Road. Yeah, yeah. So uh, every morning I spend on Garner Road taking mm-hmm. him, and uh, it's been uh, it's been fun. I, I really um, I grew up in New Jersey, uh-huh. and I lived 25 miles from the George Washington Bridge, which uh-huh. sounds kind of sort of close, mm-hmm. but not up there. <laughs> yeah. And my dad uh, worked about 40 minutes on a good day away. And so, you know, he was, he was a math teacher, and he lives in Garner now with us in Eagle Ridge. My parents, both my parents do. And um, he spent so much of his time in a car driving mm. to and from work that I was like, I don't want to do that. Yeah. That's not what I want to do with my life. Yeah. And when I was at NC State and graduated and I was working at the paper, uh, I always said, I, I don't want to be that far um, from downtown. And my wife and I got married in, in 2001. We lived off of uh, Lake Wheeler. Mm-hmm. And our first house, it was fine. And then we always played golf over at Eagle Ridge and always enjoyed coming over here. And she's like, let's find a house out there. And so we did in 05. And we've been here ever since. And uh, it's been, you know, I, there, there's no pretense about Garner. Yeah. That's what I like about Garner. Yeah. There's an honesty yeah, to Garner. I hope Garner. it'll stay that way. Yeah, there's an honesty yeah. to Garner. And, yeah. uh, I, I, I'm an honest person, so I kind of uh, – and, and, you know, my favorite people who I deal with on a regular basis are Naheem Hines and Jerome Robinson and, and Scotty McCreary. So yeah. uh, all the Garner legends, if you will. Yeah, yeah. And they, they each – you know, they all seem to have kind of retained their yeah. – remain grounded young yeah. men. Yeah, oh, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Um, 
and you, and you mentioned that your parents have, are now live mm -hmm. here as well. Yeah. I mean, that's a phenomenon that we've seen um, in Garner, other, maybe other communities, but it's happening a lot in Garner too, where you have sort of multiple generations um, making their way to Garner. What a, kind of what, what are the factors that you think bring, bring families uh, to places like this? I think there's a great value, home value in Garner, yeah. for sure. Uh, and again, you're talking about proximity to downtown, to me, um, I feel like you saw Holly Springs movement, Fuquay. Now all of a sudden you're sitting on 401, and to me there's no difference between sitting on 401 and sitting on Route 4 in, in New Jersey. You know, like, good, yeah. yeah, and I think I'm eight miles from work. That's so, probably, that's probably right. Yeah. And, and when I go in the morning to drop the boys off at school, you know, yeah, there is some old stage traffic that if I could solve that, I can, I feel like I can solve that for the town. All right. If they yeah, want to listen. That, that's another episode. <laughs> transportation. I, I got to go on the transportation <laughs> podcast for that one. Yeah. <laughs> no, nah, but to me, location and just home value, yeah. you know, I mean, you're, you, you get more bang for your buck here for, for sure. No doubt about it, particularly this close to downtown. Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, that's great. I mean, that's a, that's a good sales pitch for Garner. Um, I'm here and, for the G, and, man. And you clearly, I mean, you, you give a, you give Garner prop. I see that on, on your Twitter and, and stuff like that, that, that you, you really seem rooted in the community. I mean, that does seem, does that seem to be something a little different about Garner is that there is, there is kind of this hometown pride that maybe some other unnamed communities in the triangle don't, <laughs> don't quite have. I think so. And I think it's cause of, like I said, I think there is this on, direct honesty and, and, there's also, we're a little bit smaller, you know, I, I feel like when you're in Raleigh, are you in a different neighborhood? There's, yeah. there's de definitive neighborhood pride in Raleigh. Don't get me wrong there, but it's still like, we're in the Wake County school system. And it's like, I have the hardest time explaining to my kids, like when it rains or ha we have like no ice here, but like Wake Forest might have these yeah. treacherous back roads where I'm like, well, that's why you don't have school today. You know, and I was here in, I was, I was in North Carolina. I was in the triangle when the Capitol Boulevard fiasco where they let kids out that time and people were like sleeping on the bus. And yeah. so I get all of those decisions and people, the farther we get away from that episode, the, yeah. the more trouble people have understanding why schools are closed so frequently in North Carolina. But, um, yeah, it's just such a big, I feel like Wake County is just so big, whereas Garner you do have a little bit more of an identifiable area and center and, and town. I don't like saying town, but I, yeah. it pretty much is. Yeah, yeah. We still call ourselves a town, not a city or not a, yeah, we're a town. Yeah. So, all right, well, I know you got to run, and um, is there anything else you want to say or add, or did we, did we miss? We'll bring you back some other okay. time. Okay. Oh, plug your social media. Oh, yeah, absolutely. We'll plug ours as well. I am uh, on Twitter. I'll spell it out, J-W-G-I-G-L-I-O, um, at, you'll find me there. There's, I'm pretty active there. Um, when I meet people, I'm 45, and when I meet people under, like, the age of 30, the only way I can impress them is to show them my blue check mark, because most of them, they don't read the paper, right? So they're not like, oh, that's the they guy. Don't, they don't know your body. They don't know that, but, like, we'll have some cousins or whoever come over, and I'll be like, here I am. I'm on Twitter, and they're like, Shit. oh, you have a blue check mark. And I'm like, yep. see that? <laughs> so, yeah, um, for sure, J-W-G-I-G-L-I-O on Twitter. 
and you'll find the yellow pad there. Yep. Um, and we didn't talk about the yellow pad, but yellow pad stats, um, you're known for that. That's my thing. Yep. Everyone has to have a thing. What should we do, like yellow pad for Garner? What would some good yellow pad stats be, I wonder? Well, let's get the basketball center open. Let's get, well, yeah, let's get that. Let's get that. <laughs> let's get old open. stage uh, traffic old going. Old stage fixed, and we'll uh, but show how the traffic Scotty, counts. Scotty's number one songs. I mean, there, there's, there's a bunch of those. Naheem's oh, touchdowns. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Jerome is going to probably play for the NBA champions this year. I can't remember the last time Garner had, a, had somebody on the NBA champions. So. Had, I guess we can claim David West. Yeah, yeah. So he yeah. did. You're right. Oh, yeah. Two years ago. Yep. Yeah. So that's pretty cool too. Yeah. Yeah. Quite a sports uh, tradition here. Um, so we're gonna wrap it up, Joe. Thanks for being with us, and uh, you can look for our uh, Garner's Station podcast episodes on our YouTube channel, Town of Garner. Um, you can also listen to the podcast wherever you get your podcast and subscribe. And um, Joe, thanks for being with us. And you got it. Appreciate we'll, you. Uh, we'll have you back. Talk transportation next time. <laughs> All right. Thank you. Take care, y'all. Bye.